Is the God of most Christians more like Zeus than like the God of the Old Testament? Are churches declining because they're stuck with a theology from the Middle Ages? How should we be communicating our faith? Barry Creamer discusses it today with emergent pastor and author Doug Paget. This is Jerry Johnson Live from Criswell College. Join us as we look at today's news from the Christian worldview for Christ and culture. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. That's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. December 7th, 1941, a date which will live in infamy. I have a dream. It depends upon what the meaning of the word is. And the people who knock these buildings down will hear all of us soon. We will not tire, we will not falter, and we will not fail. Welcome to Jerry Johnson Live. For the next hour, this is your place for relevant discussion of topics in the news and in our culture from a Christian perspective. Later in the show, we'll open the toll-free lines for your questions and comments. You may also email us at talk at jerryjohnsonlive.com. Now, here is today's host, Dr. Barry Creamer. All right. Glad to be back with you. It's been a real privilege to do this uh, fairly frequently recently. And uh, just to be able to talk with you is uh, the first part of the fun for me. Now, last time we were together, we spent a good bit of, de- uh, a good bit of time dealing with the fact that we, uh, we over-invite the government into our lives. We'd love to blame the government for expanding too much too quickly, for invading our private space, for taking away our freedoms. But the reality is uh, we just run and panic and look for anywhere we can find that looks safer than right now in order to hide. And a lot of times we run to the wrong place, which includes the government. So we have a little bit of a chicken little mentality. So every time, every time something hits us on the head, the sky is falling. Oh, somebody come and deliver me. What am I going to do? And we do that with everything. Our, our tendency is, and this is, this is, I think, just normal. It's natural for us. So I'm not trying to be too harsh about it. But the reality is our tendency is to look for deliverance wherever it happens to be better than it is right now. Now, as it turns out, the guest we're going to have later makes a reference to Mark Twain that we're going to talk about. So I'll make my own reference to Mark Twain. There's a time at the beginning of Huck Finn when he doesn't want to be where he is anymore. And uh, he even talks about going to the bad place. You know what I'm talking about. Uh, rather than having to sit and listen to spelling lessons and the Bible be read to him anymore, he just doesn't want to do it. He just wants to be anywhere he isn't right now, right at the beginning of Huck Finn, if you remember that story. I think that's how a lot of us are. So when we see the economy take a turn south, we just run run for any soft place we can find. And there's nowhere softer I can think of in our entire culture than our government. So we run to the government. We run to Congress. And we say, oh, console me. Help me. Tell me what you're going to do. And we look for deliverance. The reality is, if we'll give it time, things a lot of things will take care of themselves. And if we'll give a free head to the free market, uh, it absolutely will take care of itself. It knows how to handle things like this. So anyway, today I just thought I'd point out that Dow Industrials are up to 276 points. That's pretty good. That's a good day. All 
of a sudden the sky is lifting, the clouds are clearing, the sun is shining, life is better again. Well, anyway, I want to invite us to a completely different discussion today because we have the opportunity just uh, in the next segment to interview Doug Paget. He's an emergent pastor. He's written a book called uh, Christianity Worth Believing. We'll look at that book in a little bit. And uh, I'm going to interview him about the contents of that book, about a lot of things that are written in it. Now, he's going to be in town on Friday with a couple of other emergent pastors, and we'll let him talk about that for a moment sort of the price we have to pay to get a shot at him on the air. I'm just kidding about that, but uh, it is true. Anyway, we're going to let him talk about that, and then we're going to take a shot at him on the air, which also means that we're just going to interview him. Now, I really am... I really do want to make the point. There are some important things we're going to get to talk about on both sides of the fence, and they need to be talked about. And one of those is that there are some things we need to do better in our Christianity. There are some things we need to practice differently in our churches in order to live out our Christianity in this world. Now, I'm going to be the first one to say that. I've been in ministry for a long time, and there are churches that do a tremendous job, and there are Christians who live out their faith very realistically and very practically. But as you look at Christianity in the broad swath of American culture, there is a lot that we could do better than we're doing right now. And so the first question I want to ask you, and during this first segment, you have an opportunity to call in. The number is 1-800-881-9270. If you want to call in and give us an opinion, I just want to hear what you would, what you would say in answer to this question. What do you think we need to do uh, in order to do a better job of living out our Christianity? What do we need to change? in order to do a better job of living out our Christianity. Now, you may love your church. You may love your pastor. You may love all the people who serve Christ with you in your local community, whatever that is. All of that can be good. None of this has to be harsh or negative, but all of us need to improve, too. And uh, believe me, there are horror stories about ministries that uh, have had a terrible impact on people's lives. I deal with this all the time. I had a phone call just last night uh, dealing with ministry in which people find disappointment and failure in how Christianity is being lived out, and then they don't know what to do because they forget about the fact that we're imperfect people who are living out our Christianity. So let's just be frank about it. There are some ways in which we're not doing a good job of living out our Christianity. How should we improve that? What is it that needs to change? Do we need to change more about the things that we're teaching and be willing to embrace more of the culture so we can connect with it better? A lot of you would adamantly respond to that. I said a lot of you. I know that. A lot of you would adamantly respond to that negatively. I'm not going to compromise any of my faith to fit this stinking culture. I understand that. Believe me, I understand that response. But on the other side, do you say, instead, we need to adamantly defend the faith, hold on to the doctrine, and uh, forget the culture. They're just going the wrong direction anyway. We ought to just sever ourselves from it, live in our holiness, and realize that we're never going to be able to attach to them. Now, I know those are caricatures of the two extremes, but is the change something that needs to happen somewhere in there? Are we compromising too much? Are we too firm? Are we too abstract in the things that we're advocating? Are our worship styles too limited? What's going on with it? So, again, the question I'm asking you is very simply this. Now, you've got about, I don't know, seven or eight minutes here that you'll have an opportunity to respond if I ever stop talking, and I'm going to try to in just a minute. But what do you think we need to do a better job of? 
in the church today or in the ministry. And again, the phone number is 1-800-881-9270. You think your church does a great job? Call in, tell us. Hey, my church is doing a great job of this. I think more churches need to follow this example. I worshiped last night. I know it was Tuesday night, but I worshiped last night uh, at Town Village in Arlington with some friends I have there. Had a great time just sharing the word with them and singing with them and seeing them. And I'm almost brought to tears every time I go to a worship service there and uh, spend some time with them. They just cram into a little room, pack it out on Tuesday nights, and uh, they put a lot of effort into simply learning about the Lord and figuring out how to follow Him. And I'm encouraged by that. I, I will say this, though. In a, that's in a retirement community where I go and I experience that. I really do experience a great time with other believers in Christ. Is that going on? In your church, in your ministry, are people coming in and instead of just standing there and sort of interacting with what they have to do for the next hour to get through their obligation on Sunday, are they actually standing up and rejoicing and and singing together and being encouraged? And when they listen to the sermon, when they finish, is something different about their lives because of it. So, you know, what is it that needs to change? Well, let's get started on the phones, and I'll try to hold myself back here for a minute. So, Michael, thanks for calling from Waxahachie. We appreciate your uh, input. Uh, what's on your mind? I'm glad to talk to you. Uh, I, I have a, I go to a Baptist church in, in Waxahachie, and, okay. and, and I think as, as believers, we pretty much, a lot of people take a defensive posture right. uh, more, more than they should be attacking Satan right where he stands. Uh, we're not putting, you know, we're not putting on our armor. We're not donning the, the sword of the spirit, and we're not going after people that are lost. And, uh, and so how you they, mean how they're going to receive Christ if they don't see His love through us? Yeah. To get through all the analogies, what you mean is we need to go out and share the gospel of Christ with people who are lost. Yeah, but, I mean, do it. You know, I mean, not cocky or anything like that. But right. I mean, I, I was no, able to lead right. a guy to the Lord Friday night, and, Amen. and the, the thing about it is, is you, I mean, the devil has no power at all. I right. mean, when, when you when you go out there and yeah. with the Lord on your side, I mean, you, I mean, you, I'm just saying yeah. we're, we. I understand that. Defensive postures and attack the enemy. Yeah, hey, that's great, Michael. Thank you for the call. Thanks for excellent input. I think a reminder that we're we we are supposed to be offensive, not offensive, but offensive, and that is in some ways offensive in our in our culture and our community. We're supposed to go to people and say, "Hey, here's the truth about Christ, and we want you to know it." I, I will add to that. I think one of the things I hear all the time that we need to improve in our Christianity is, uh, you know, what I've heard people describe recently as the catch and release program, which is. Uh, you go out, find somebody, evangelize them, witness to them, and then, uh, hey, they're going to heaven, so let's just throw them back in the river. I mean, what do we need them for? Uh, we really have to learn, and it's not just, hey, feed them to some disciple-making machine at the church either. There's no bureaucracy that can substitute for the fact that if you're willing to take the time to to tell someone about Jesus Christ— uh, you've got to be willing to live out Christ in their presence. And that means you've got to be willing to make the commitment to become people's friends, to uh, get to know them, to, to actually to care about them. There is no program that can substitute for people living like Christ and actually developing relationships with people who come to know Christ. So, Michael, thanks for the input. I'm, I'm 100% with you. We need to be more evangelistic, need to be more committed to sharing the gospel. We've got some other callers on the line, so I'm going to get right to them. If you want to call in, there should be a free line now. It's 1-800-881-9270. Deborah, thanks for calling. Glad to join you in Dallas. What's on your mind? Thanks. I agree with what's been said thus far, and I would just add that... Um, in addition to being willing and ready and able to speak the truth and be bold, that we have to always remember to speak the truth in love. Okay. Because what I see happening is there's so many 
false religions. We see them, you know, all the time on television and, and large platforms, and they are speaking love, but they're speaking the you know right, right, false, sure, false right, and and they've got people won over because they're doing it in a loving way. So right. people are looking for something real, and to them, that's based on how you make them feel, and yeah. often. And, when we have something in truth to say, we do it with judgment or harshness, which turns people off. Yeah, Deborah, great call, man. Thanks for the input, because I'm just going to say you're, you're right on both sides of this. It has to do with objective faith and subjective faith. It is a reality that we've got a truth that we want to share with people, and they need to believe that truth. But we can share it in such a way that we drive people away from it. So I agree with you 100% on that. The other side of that is they... When they desire it, when they want it, they want it for reasons that are in them, that are subjective to them. They may want it for the right reason or the wrong reason, but if we don't demonstrate it to them in a way that shows that we actually care about them, and Christ did that, so there's no compromise involved here. Christ demonstrated that he cared. He demonstrated that he cared in ways that I think a lot of us would call into question. What? You're already forgiven the woman she's taken in adultery. But he's willing to do that up front, and then at the very end say, now go and sin no more. The, the whole point is, you're exactly right, we need to present the truth, and we need to present it in love. And it's a shame when we allow people who don't have the truth to have more love than we do for those who need the truth. So we need both, need them together. Deborah, thanks for a great call. Rick, thanks for calling in. Glad to join you. And Kemp, what's on your mind? Well, one of the things that we've talked about in our Sunday school class is, uh-huh. is uh, in, the, in the older days of, of the 60s and 70s, Yeah. The church was teaching do's and don'ts, mostly don'ts. Right, right. And so most people today have that association with church. Yeah. If you go to church, there's a lot of things you can't do. Right. And that's not what Christianity is about. Christianity is about the things you can do. And I, I think where a lot of people miss out is is they still have that don't mentality sure. instead of the do mentality. Well, I'm just going to say they, they shouldn't be exclusive. I, I think we're going to say freely. We're, we're not unwilling to say to believers and to non-believers, don't commit adultery. We're willing to say to him, don't kill, don't murder, that is. We're willing to say that, but but that doesn't do any good, you know, because we weren't created not to do things. And so the point is, to all the revelations of our failure, we have to add what is it we are supposed to be doing? Let me try to get in a couple of more callers here real quickly while we've got the time. Kelly, thanks for calling. Oh, is it John? I'm sorry. Uh, John, don't want to skip you. Thanks for calling in. Glad to join you right here in Dallas. What's up? Um, there's a, I kind of agree with everything most of the callers have been saying. Uh-huh. But I think one of the things that's just really important, Okay. Um, and I talked about it Sunday, um, was that... Um, I don't know if you were aware of the survey that just was made uh, several weeks ago. It was in the Dallas uh, Morning News. It talked about... Um, You're going to have to be really believe. quick. Talked about what people believe. Yes, the uh, Pew survey. Right. Yes. And, and I, I just think that it, it ought to be a balance. But one of the things is that people are not taught what Christianity is really about. Because right. based right. on that survey, and just from people that I've talked to and witnessed to... Right. Um... They don't really. They... Hey, I think we lost you there, but we did. We did a couple of shows on the Pew survey. It really is interesting, and I think you're right. We need to take things like that into consideration. Hey, when we come back right after this very short break, we're going to have Doug Paget on the line. We're going to be talking with him about a book that he's written and about some things he's going to be doing here in the Metroplex and about his views on the emergent church. I think it's an overreaction to where Christianity is, and uh, let's talk about it together when we come back on Jerry Johnson Live. I'm 
I've got a full-time job and a family, and I'm also getting a master's degree at Criswell College. The new Mac at Night program offers evening block courses for a Master of Arts in Counseling degree. It's so convenient and fits my busy lifestyle as a mom and a professional. Mac at Night offers licensure and non-licensure programs so you can gain ministry knowledge and even prepare for a doctorate. Mac at Night professors are at the top of the Christian counseling field. And Criswell College is partnered with a number of ministries, so you'll get experience and great contacts. My friends and family are so excited to see me back in school with the Mac at Night program at Criswell College. A Master of Arts in Counseling has never been so convenient. Come on, join me for Mac at Night. For more details, call 800-899-0012 or visit criswell.edu. Invest in God's kingdom and in yourself through the Chriswell College. See us on the web at chriswell.edu. That's chriswell.edu. You're listening to Jerry Johnson Live. Now here's today's host, Dr. Barry Creamer. I'm a Christian, a theologically trained, church-planting, evangelizing, Jesus-loving Christian. I trust in resurrection, and I seek to join with God in the world. But I have a problem, an internal conflict that has only gotten worse in my 20 years of following this faith. It's the kind of problem that I tell others about with great caution and no small amount of anxiety. I am a Christian, but I don't believe in Christianity. At least I don't believe in the versions of Christianity that have prevailed for the last 1,500 years, the ones that were perfectly suited for their time and place, but have little connection to this time and place. The ones that answer questions that we no longer ask and fail to consider questions that we can no longer ignore. That is Doug Paget on the opening page of his book, Christ- Christianity Worth Believing. And uh, there are quite a few things in this book, as I've read through it, uh, that make me want to ask him some questions. And I I think he looks. I think he has a legitimate look at Christianity that says, "Hey, something's wrong that we need to address. Something, something is keeping us from representing Christ effectively." And we've been asking you, and we've got a couple of callers on the line that I still want to get to, and we're going to in just a moment. But we've been asking you, uh, what do you think we need to do in order to do a better job as uh, as the church representing Christ in the world? What is it that we need to do a better job of? What do we need to change? And uh, I think part of the problem is, that we have a tendency to look at the bathwater and see something dirty, and, uh, well, you know where it goes from there. And we do. We just throw the whole baby out. So I, I think it's really important for us to back up, see what it is that needs, to, that needs to be adjusted, that needs to be changed, and change that, and not throw the baby out. So uh, I want to figure out what it is we ought to address, though. So let me start with Kelly in Arlington. Thanks so much for calling, Kelly. I appreciate your input. What do you, what do you have on your mind when you say, you know, what can we do better as Christians? What can we do better as churches to represent Christ here in the world? What do you think? Well, I know for me that pride can be the big log in my eye, and as long as I can receive Christ's grace and forgiveness, that affects how I view others. I seem to have more compassion and empathy towards them. Sure, yeah, right. Um, I think it also has to do with a teachable spirit, um, but not that it muddies the water of my own faith. Right. But... Um, no, that's definitely that, pride is, I think, the thing that can get in the way. Sort of, I'm right and you're wrong. 
Yeah, I'm going to prove it. I think this is very good, Kelly, and I appreciate your calling in and saying it, even though I think you may be pointing your finger at me when you're saying it and saying <laughs> I'm telling too many people I'm right. I understand. But anyway, I'm hearing you, so I'm, I'm hearing you, sister. Now, here's the deal. I'm saying when you – I think you said this exactly correctly, so I just want to confirm that I'm hearing what you're saying. I think pride is a big problem for us. I think uh, we get too solidly ensconced in our position about issues that are peripheral issues or issues about which there is room to work and negotiate and figure out where things really fall down, and we get too firmly planted on stuff like that too early on. But there are certain essentials that we just can't compromise. They're not part of the discussion that's up for negotiation. And I assume you agree with that. Is that right? That is correct. Okay. And, and, I, I, and yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, and the, and the teachability part is, um, am I fearful of somebody pushing back and asking hard questions? Uh, sure, absolutely. And if fear motivates us, there's a problem. And it does reveal something about our pride. In fact, I think we develop our pride as sort of a reaction to our fear in reality. Yeah. So I, I agree with that 100%. I, I'm just going to say with that, isn't there a point at which we ought to be able to say to people, though? I mean, is there a point at which you would be willing to say, Kelly, uh, listen, I know this is true. This is right. And if a person doesn't believe this, they are wrong. Are you willing to say that about anything? You are, um, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. I mean, like Correct. Christ rose from the dead. Willing right. to say that, right? And I, I don't care what evidence people give or don't give. I've, I've staked my faith on Christ's resurrection. That's what I'm committed to. And I assume as a believer, you've committed yourself to the truth that, for instance, Jesus is God, that he is man, and that he did come to save us. Right. Correct. Yeah. So if we agree or disagree on exactly when Christ is going to return, like I think it's going to be seven years and you think it's going to be 13 years, we can probably still cooperate on the fact that he's coming. Right. Yes. All right. Good yes. deal. Kelly, I, I agree. I love that. I appreciate your opinion. And I also appreciate the way you said it and the way you corrected me. But gently, that was really nice of you. Thank so you. <laughs> thanks for your call. I really am grateful for it. I uh, want one more call right now. And uh, Bill, I appreciate you calling in from Cleveland. Let me uh, hear what you're thinking we can do better in our Christianity, some way we can improve it. What can we do? Well, Bill's in Cleburne, not Cleveland. Hey, but... thanks for saying that. No, it's Cleburne. You know, we got these furriners in here doing phone screening, <laughs> and they don't know what you're saying. So, There's a scripture, two of them. The first one says, if my people, which are called by my name, okay, second shall Chronicles. humble themselves and pray, turn from their wicked ways, then I will heal their land. Yeah. Sorry. I didn't quote it exactly right. And the other one is... Close enough, Second Chronicles 7, wise. So it starts with God's people getting on their face before God. Sure. Asking for forgiveness for whatever is wrong in our own lives. Sure, sure. And then taking the gospel message to a world in need of Christ. I, hey, I agree. Yes, we can. I agree. Can you stay on the line for just a second, Bill? I want to ask yes, you a sir. question. Because uh, I agree with that. I think most people would agree with it. I think even most of the people that I might dispute with about how they would apply that would still agree with what you've said. So I want to add some meat to those bones, okay? I, I want to ask you now, what is it you think we need to confess? What is it you look at and you say, you know, maybe this is what we need to confess. Maybe this is what we ought to, re to repent of. Is there anything in particular that comes to mind? And I'm not asking for your personal confession here. I'm asking for you just looking at Christianity in America, looking at Christianity in Texas, looking at Christianity in Oklahoma, just whatever. What would you say probably? I see that they need to do better is probably realize that the church is a hospital for people in need. 
Yeah, okay. So we need to be more inviting, more inclusive. Uh, yeah. yeah. A sinner is a broken-down individual that yeah. needs Christ. Yeah, amen. Right? And, and instead of being judgmental, we should be forgiving and, and, and show them through our lifestyle forgiveness. Sure. Yeah, amen. How can we forgive them if we don't forgive others? Yeah, thanks, Bill, for the call. I appreciate that very much. Great input from Cleburne. Uh, appreciate that call. Now, listen, here's the deal. I, I, I'm hearing this, and I'm saying, yeah, absolutely, I want to do that. I, I, I think when a person says they're emergent, even, they're saying, hey, let's confess that we've become stuck in the mud. We've become too rigid in our definition of what's right and wrong. We've become too rigid in our definition of what can and can't be believed, and we need to work with the narrative of history and fit into our culture in a better way so that we can communicate in the community of Christ, uh, you know, the tribal nature of our discipleship. I'm just throwing in some of the gimmicky words that are used in the emergent movement while you're going through that. And and I'm not trying to make fun—I am trying to make fun of it, I guess, so I'll confess that right now. I was making fun of it, but and I was having fun doing it, so I'm confessing that too. I'm having all these nested confessions I'm having to make. But the reality is, I think there's a lot of good motivation in there. I think there are a lot of good things accomplished in there. But I think there's a lot of baby thrown out in there, too. And uh, I'd like to keep all the limbs of the baby intact so that we're not throwing out the baby with the bathwater. And when I look at Christianity going through this emergent, postmodern kind of challenge that it's facing right now, I'm just flat disturbed by some of the things that are said. I'm not so disturbed by the doctrine that's held by the individuals who lead it right now, because they will almost, to a man, affirm everything they're supposed to affirm to, affirm to say that they're good, faithful Christians. You know, I believe in the doctrine of the resurrection. I believe in Jesus as God and man. I believe in so on. But they're not willing to affirm that we need to teach those doctrines adamantly, clearly, propositionally is the word for it, as clear truths. Uh, we just can't do that way. So, uh, listen, I'm inviting you, and we're trying to get Doug Paget on the air. We've had a problem connecting with him, so I'm letting you know. We, we said we were going to have him on the air this segment. We've called the number, and we haven't been able to get him. Something's wrong. So they're trying to figure that out right now. But, hey, while they're working it out, let's keep talking. And I still want to ask you the question, what do you think needs to change about the way we're practicing our Christianity? Or do you think anything needs to change? Surely there's something we could improve. So uh, let's, let's take another caller here while we've got a chance. Uh, David, thanks for calling in. Appreciate joining you and Forney. Want to have an idea of what you think we ought to change about our Christianity to, you know, make us more effective representatives of Christ in the world right now. What are you thinking, David? Well, um, I don't know if I can articulate this very well, but basically it comes down to um, dying to self and living as Christ. Okay. Now, let's how take... Many, how many patriarchs can you name that you know personally that you class in that, in that realm? How many patriarchs can I name? And you broke up for just a second, so I'm trying to hear the rest of that question. Yeah, I'm on, I'm on a cell phone. So, sorry about that, but just say it again, would you? Uh, what I'm trying to say is, is that we need to be genuine, yeah. Christ-like people, and we need to live in the world but not be part of the world. Okay. I, we, can't, I, we can't be professing Christ with our mouth right. and cursing at the same time and, and still going to see all the the movies and participate in all the things right. that is so anti 
the faith. Yeah, I, I understand what you're saying. We've got to pick a side, and we've got to represent that side faithfully, and that means making some sacrifices. Uh, the question is, exactly what sacrifices does it mean? And we're going to range from people who are going to say you shouldn't go to the picture show at all to people who believe that you're a hypocrite if you're not willing to go into a bar in order to do your ministry while people are getting drunk around you. So we have people that are going to go from one extreme to the other on that and yet still make the same affirmation. So I want to figure out exactly how we ought to do that, which way you think we ought to do that is the real interesting question for me. Well, well for me, it would be... And do this really I, quick, because I want to get one more. I'm go sorry. Ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. We're, we've just got a few seconds left. Yeah. If, if I'm in contact with a person, whether they're an alcoholic uh-huh. Or, uh-huh. or whatever their issue is, if I... Yeah, I'm sorry, David. You're, you're starting to break up on us. We're having a hard time keeping you. But I get your point, and I understand that we're able to witness to people, be faithful to them without compromising our own personal morality. I'm committed to that as well. How to do that also is still a question. Now, we've got another caller on the line. Actually, we've got some more. We're going to try to get to you right after the break. If we uh, are not able to get to Doug Padgett, we're still going to we're still going to wade into this issue because I really do want us to talk about it. I, believe me, i got plenty to say on it. So we're going to talk about it, and uh, I'd love to have your input. I know there are some out there who are going to say, hey, look, I'm emergent, I'm postmodern, I'm for this thing. I think there are some good things about it. So you feel free to call in, too. We want your input. So we're going to come back after this break, talk some more about how we live out our Christianity in this world right now on Jerry Johnson Live. listening to Jerry Johnson Live. Now here's today's host, Dr. Barry Creamer. There is a really significant movement in uh, Christianity today, and I'm saying that broadly, but it's a really significant movement uh, called the Emergent Church Movement. Uh, and it's, you know, it's comprised of people who would think of themselves, I think, mostly as postmoderns. And so a lot of times we talk about postmodern church and emergent church in the same terms. And uh, they're not always exactly the same thing, but they do uh, relate to each other pretty significantly. A lot of people would put themselves in both camps. And uh, one representative of a lot of people who stand in that group is Doug Padgett. He pastors, uh, if that's a word for it, he pastors the, a group, a congregation, or a fellowship, or uh, I don't know what you call it, but a thing of up in uh, the Twin Cities, and it's called Solomon's Ports. It's an interdenominational congregation of some kind or another, a community. That's what I needed, a tribe. We'll just say it's a tribe. And so uh, anyway, they're a fi- I'm sure they're a fine group, and I'm sure they love each other. They, they're well-known, and he does a great job of ministering to them. I have no doubt of it whatsoever. But he's written a book on the emergent church movement and his particular commitment to uh, revising our view of Christianity so that we can do a better job of relating to the culture and communicating Christ. We were hoping to have him on the air today. We had it all lined up and have for a while, and it didn't work out yet. Uh, it may still come to pass, so I'm, not, I'm going to encourage you to hang on and hope that we get to interview with him and talk with him. But if not, I'm still going to—we still need to deal with some of the things that he has said here, and I still want to get your input on what it is that we ought to change, because none of us can deny that we need to do a better job of representing Christ in our community. We need to do a better job as churches, and we need to do a better job as individuals in living out our Christianity. So the question is, how do you change? What do you give up? What do you add? What do you adjust? What do you hold firm? You know, what are we supposed to do? And so I've, I've been asking you that. The number is 1-800-881-9270 if you want to call in on it. Uh, but we want to be able to get your opinion as well. 
on what you think needs to change and how we're living out our Christianity. Now, let's take a caller before we uh, play a little bit. We've got some audio from Doug Paget too, so we'll, we'll put that in and just kind of interact with that along the way. But I uh, want to get some input from you first from Ralph. Uh, appreciate your hanging on and being so patient. Ralph, uh, what are you thinking we could do to represent Christ better in the world right now? Well, as I look across Christianity, and it is very broad, Sure. Uh, in, in the sense, the way we worship and uh, praise and a whole lot of other things. Those things are really okay. Because, again, you're talking about imperfect people that are trying to uh, be perfect right. through, through the Spirit. Sure. But I would really say that uh, it would begin with the leadership. And if we are taught our doctrines and we follow those doctrines, which are helped with our application of everyday life, okay. and we read the Bible every day, yeah. those things would make corrections a little bit, but I must always remember that there are, there are a lot of us that are not who we say we are, and then there are those that right. are very young in the faith, and so right. in, in reality, i got to go back to the basics of my Christianity. Yeah, I, you know, Ralph, now you said something that I think is going to confuse a lot of people, and so I just want to back up and make sure you said what you meant, because you mm-hmm. said we should teach doctrine, and then that would change how we live out or how we apply our Christianity. Are, are you confusing doctrine with application? Because uh, if, we, if we teach doctrine, we're just teaching people how to sit in a desk, right, and how to think right, no, right, not no. how to live. No, because in the doctrine, I'm basically saying what, who God is and, and, and also... You think really God. understanding who God is would change the way we live? Well, yeah, yes, in the sense of holiness. In, yeah. in the sense yeah. of, if I understand that... Preach that God, it, man. Don't give in on me. You're absolutely right. I'm yeah, for and, you. And I'm, I'm just saying the way that we think in our everyday yeah. uh, walk as a regular human beings, yes. uh, i I, I got to remember that, that I'm always for God as a Christian. Yes. Anybody else, they live what they want to, but... Yeah. I must try to remember who I am at all times, and yeah. not just after an American and uh, an American citizen. Right. And um, right, a Christian. And so it's a thing of actually uh, the God, God helping us uh, remember who we are and and uh, the reason why He died for us. And, right. And try to show that love, which everybody has said. Basically, we yeah. would probably say the same thing, but yeah. <laughs> but in different ways. And and this is an ways. important different way. Ralph, that was a great call. I appreciate your input. Thanks so much. Now that's going to free up a line if you're interested in calling in and giving some input on what we need to change about how we're representing Christ in the community, what we could do better to serve and represent Christ in our community. The number's one eight hundred eight eight one nine two seven zero. We're going to get to the callers in just a second again after we do one more thing. But I do want to say about this. Uh, this is a really important point because a lot of times the way we teach doctrine is so dry and so distant and so removed from what it's supposed to be that we forget that if we learn the truths that are absolutely given to us in Scripture, we cannot be unchanged by those truths. They will affect—we either have to reject them as truth or we will be changed by the, the facts that we learn, the realities that we learn about who God is and what he has done and what he intends for us. And part of doctrine is exactly what he intends for us to live out in our Christianity. So, Ralph, I'm just going to thank you for a great call and a great point that you made. Listen, uh, I want to point out a couple of statements that Doug Paget made that are really uh, D- Doug Paget makes that are troubling to me in the book and that I think we ought to consider. And again, I, I think there's some noble things in it. I think there's an effort to make Christianity uh, real or authentic as they would say. I need to get the vocabulary right. We need to be authentic about it. So unhypocritical, genuine, uh, living it out in reality, all of that is valid to me. Uh, Here's a statement that he makes. Uh, Listen to this, and then let me just make a quick comment before we go to the next caller. Listen to this from Doug Padgett. Christianity has always been the story of God's participation in the world, uh, people's lived circumstances. So 
in the Christian story, you always have um, the, the involvement of people in the story of Christianity. So what I think we have in, in, in every situation of Christianity is an explanation of the faith that makes sense inside of a certain environment that might not make sense to someone else. So um, the Christian story is always too good, it's always too living, it's always mm. too active mm. to only be reduced down to one version of the telling. Mm. One version of the telling. I wonder if the New Testament counts as one version of the telling. Uh, there are a lot of things about the New Testament that appear to bother Doug Padgett. I know he wouldn't say that. Uh, this is why I wanted to have him on the air. I wanted to ask him these questions. But he really loves the Hebrew mindset and all of that. And I think he's really offended by the Hellenization of it. And, I, you know, the New Testament's written in Greek. It's written in a Hellenized language. And it's written with uh, Hellenistic-type arguments. And uh, it's really hard to get away from the fact that the New Testament is the standard of the faith that we hold. I'm really disturbed by that statement. He, he mentions, uh, for instance, that there are questions that we can no longer ignore that's what he says, and that we're basing our faith on questions which are no longer pertinent to us. But the reality is there are some times when people are asking questions that are not the issue. There are times when a culture is so shaped that the questions people ask are not the right questions. And it's our job to understand the questions they are asking and to be able to take them from those questions to questions that are legitimate. If a person says, how can I be good enough to get to God? Then I need to address them, not only about what's wrong with that question, but about a better question to ask. Well, let's talk about whether you're bad enough to need God as a Savior or not, for instance. So, uh, And actually, I think that is a doctrine that he would fundamentally disagree with me about. I'm not sure. In fact, I'm uh, sure that he doesn't agree on the idea of total depravity, for those of you who know what that means, to just that all people are sinners, that we're in desperate need of God's deliverance, and that we're not good enough to bring it about by ourselves. All right, we have some callers on the line we want to try to get to here. Uh, Lindsay, is that right? Are we, are we at Lindsay right now? Lindsay, thank you so much for calling, and I uh, appreciate your call. What's on your mind? What do you think we can do better to represent Christ in the world? What can we change? Help us out. Hi, thank you. Actually, sure. I want to talk about just exactly what you talked about. I think that when we deliver the gospel message, we are not being complete in our delivery. We do not talk about our need for the Savior. Uh. We just talk about the, the great benefits of being a child of the Lord and um, the happy things about it. Or yeah, sure. Well, Lindsay, Lindsay, let me ask you a question. What if you live in a culture where as soon as you say to someone, there's something wrong with you, they're going to turn you off and not going to listen anymore. Shouldn't you change that part of your message? I mean, how are you going to get around that? No, I don't think you should change that, that part of your message. The truth is the truth, and if we never give out the truth, then they'll never truly be saved. So you're, it's, it's a higher priority to you. Now, I really am asking you this question, okay? This is going to sound difficult, but I don't mean for it to be. It's a higher priority to you to speak the truth in love, but to speak the truth even if people refuse it than to find a way to get them to adopt it, even if you have to compromise it. Am Definitely. I hearing? Okay. Definitely. Jeremiah was called to be faithful with his message. He was faithful. No one repented, and he was still faithful. Yeah. He was a successful prophet. Yeah, he probably didn't make much money, though. You know, no, so it's he didn't, but that's hard. not what it's about. Ah, there's the key. So we got to choose actually to follow Christ, even if it means we have to give up all the outer dressings of success. I got gotcha. you. Yeah, uh, because regardless of what you attain now, when yeah. it comes down to it, if you don't, yeah. if you don't know the Lord, it's yeah, not going to be worth it. You know, I mean, I think we're preaching to the choir. I, I, I mean, we're committed to that. I'm not guaranteeing you that we live it out fully, but we're committed to that. And Lindsay, that's a great call. I appreciate your input, and I appreciate the reminder that we have to begin the gospel with our need. 
that's exactly right. Devin, thanks so much for calling in. I just want to come to you and uh, ask you, what can we do to do a better job of representing Christ in the world? What do you think, Devin? Hey, Devin, are you there? Uh, yeah, Devin, I can hear you. I can hear you in the background. Devin once, Devin going twice. Devin is gone. And that frees up a line for somebody else. If you'd like to call 1-800-881-9270, we'd love your input. You know, I think Devin was just dumbstruck by the fact that our Christianity is so authentic right now. Uh, okay, Ginger, thank you for calling. I appreciate you uh, calling in from Fort Worth and uh, glad to join you there. Tell us what's on your mind as a way to improve our Christianity. How can we live it out better? Hi, how are you? I'm doing fine, um, thanks. First of all, um I think we have to deal with different people in different ways okay. by looking at the condition of their heart. Okay. And I think that goes to the scripture of being wise as a serpent and harmless as a dove. Okay. And that's what, you know, Jesus' word teaches us to be. Um, we always have to present the truth. The gospel yeah. is the truth. Right. Um, if you never tell people the truth, then they don't have they don't have a way to, to make that choice either right. except Christ or right. Except their way. Yeah. And in Jesus dealt with people in different ways. Sure. He dealt with the Great. Um, woman that was taken in adultery differently than he did the scribes and the Pharisees. Oh, you're right. You're, you're absolutely right. And, and, and Ginger, that's wisdom. And the way we get wisdom is to study, to show thyself approved. Hey. And to, and to allow the Holy Spirit yeah. to work in you and through you. Hey, we're running out of time, Ginger, But you, uh, on this segment. We're going to come right back after the break to talk about it some more, though. But, Ginger, you got exactly the right point. I really appreciate the distinction you're making between form and content. The content of the gospel does not change. But I'm okay if we work hard to make the form fit so that people can hear it clearly. Let's talk some more about it on Jerry Johnson Live right after this break. Criswell College is proud to present the new Mac at Night program. It's a Master of Arts in Counseling degree obtained by attending evening block classes. There are licensure and non-licensure options depending on your career goals. Mac at Night features some of the best professors in the field of Christian counseling, and all courses are biblically based. Expand your ministry or prepare for a doctorate. Criswell College makes it simple and convenient. All Mac at Night courses are scheduled with the working professional in mind. If you've got a full-time job, a busy lifestyle, or even raising a family, you're perfect for Mac at Night. Get your Master of Arts in Counseling at Criswell College with Mac at Night. Call 800-899-0012 or go to criswell.edu. That's 800-899-0012 or criswell.edu. Invest in God's work and yourself through this convenient program through the Criswell College. It's Mac at Night. See criswell.edu. That's criswell.edu. listening to Jerry Johnson Live. Now here's today's host, Dr. Barry Creamer. You know, we've been talking today about the need. Now, we haven't said it in these words, but I want to say it now this way. We've been talking about the need to stay light on our feet in churches. And uh, I'm, I'm hoping that there are some folks, we have a lot of people that listen to this program, and I'm hoping there are some folks that are listening that serve as deacons and elders and on boards and uh, who help churches accomplish their ministry. I'm grateful for your ministry. It takes leadership for a church to go anywhere, to do anything. But I also want to encourage you, if you're a leader in a church, 
I want to encourage you to look at the words, light on your feet. Do not make your church an institution that takes a titanic effort to turn. Make it an institution that can minister in the community and make adjustments as ministering in the community requires changes, because we have to be willing to change the form, but not the content of what we're doing in order to represent Christ effectively. And we had a a person making a great point of that a minute ago. I think it was Ginger who was making that point, and I just want to affirm what she was saying before we go to our next callers. Now, we do have the lines full right now. You're welcome to call in if you'd like to. I I don't know if we'll have time to get to all the calls after this, but it's 1-800-881-9270. If you have an opinion on what we could do better to represent Christ in our community, and, uh, and my objective is to say to you, let's make some changes, but let's not throw the baby out with the bathwater. And the baby is the doctrine. It's the truth. It's the core of what we have to hold on to in order to represent Christ. And I know you're saying to yourself, nobody would sacrifice that. Well, nobody sacrifices it when they first begin to teach. But the next generation, once people start saying, hey, the doctrine's not the critical point, the issues, they're not the critical point, these arguments about whether God is Trinitarian, that is, God is three in one, whether God has to, you know, have certain attributes or characteristics or is eternal or is spirit instead of, you know, all that kind of stuff. No, it's not that. In one generation, and I'm talking one generation, just go back to Soren Kierkegaard and you'll see this, the doctrine is lost if you don't embrace it as the content that the church holds up, as the pillar and ground of the truth. We have to continue to do that. Okay, enough monologue for the moment. Uh, Let me just say, Sean, thank you so much for calling and being patient. I believe we're joining you in Dallas. Uh, Tell us what you're thinking about as uh, we could represent Christ better in the world. Sean. I uh, I, I just, as a church, we just can't get away from the reality that the source of our path to follow God is through His word. Through His word, sure. And I think that when we leave the reality that God's shown us the path through His word, and we leave the faith standpoint of trusting in that, um, then everything breaks down, and Do so people leave the assurance of the importance of doctrine yeah. because they don't they don't understand God's word. And right. I think the greatest thing that we could do to represent God better is return to the fundamental principles given through God's Word. Right. No, I understand what you're saying. Let me ask you a real quick question, Sean. Can you think of anything the Word teaches us that we ought to be doing differently in our Christianity right now as we're living it out in our culture? Anything come to mind? Yeah. Um, well, one main thing that comes to mind is uh, not to be merely a hearer of the Word, but a doer of it. Okay. Is there any particular doing of it you can think of? Because I agree with you. I, I'm, I'm right with you. I just want to take another step down. Is there a particular doing of it that comes to mind as something that's missing in the way we carry out our Christianity or live out our Christianity in America right now? Anything? anything and if not, that's okay. I'm just asking. What do you think? Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, that's such a broad question, but um, it is. I think that starting from the top down. Well, you don't have to list everything. I'm just looking for one. Um, well, just one would be sharing our faith, what the Word Great. says. Okay. All right, I'm with you. Evangelism again. So we're back to evangelism. Now, I, I do have to remind everybody. Sean, thank you for a great call. I appreciate that. Probably frees up a line if you're interested in calling in. Uh, we're probably going to run out of time for any more callers at this point, but I'll just say anyway, one 800 because I like saying the numbers. Now, along with that, let me just say, uh, Sean, you brought up a great point, because one of the lines in Doug Paget's book is, uh, think about those words, he says. I'm quoting here. It says, absolute, essential, assurance. These are the perfect words for a once-in-all conversion. 
versions, but they don't do much for the continual growth of an uh-oh truth, the kind of Christianity he wants to advocate. Now, we're going to play some audio in a second from Paget about that kind of uh-oh faith that he's talking about, but he doesn't like the idea of absolutes, essences, and assurance when it comes to faith. He thinks it ought to be a more organic, integral kind of experience. So uh, I want to talk about that in a minute, because I think we have to have the absolutes. We have to have the essentials. And we've been offered an assurance, and we ought to live in that as believers. But we also need to make some adjustments. I appreciate your calling in, Alicia. I want to go to you and ask you if you have an opinion, though, on what we could do differently or better in order to live out that Christianity right now. Alicia, any idea? Yes, I do. I think one thing is commitment to the church. We can evangelize till we're blue in the face, but when people looking in at the church members don't see the commitment to each other, um, then it it falls through. You have people who like jump churches. They they have a a little disagreement or um, don't Mm -hmm. see eye to eye on something, Mm -hmm. and And they're gone. Then they go to another church. That's right. But the early church, like in Acts, they were committed to each other. Yeah. They worked through things, and so, yeah. yes, like I said, evangelism and the gospel is a wonderful thing, but right. when they look in at us as Christians and they don't see that commitment to each other... Yeah. Um, it undermines the nature of what we're representing. I, I, I'm right with you there. I, I agree with you. I think this is a really critically important point. And you know what? It's it's probably more important as a point to make for the group that really responds to this emergent, postmodern kind of thinking than any other group, because I don't know any other group that struggles quite as much with commitment to the local church, with showing up because you've made the commitment and not because they have a program you like this moment right now. I don't know any group that struggles with that as much as the young adults. And it's a really hard time in life for them to make that kind of self-sacrificing commitment. Alicia, I'm going to thank you for your call. I'd love to talk to you some more, but we got to get to the last caller or so. Uh, we have a few more callers, but we're going to try to get one more in at least before we get to the end today. So, John, thanks for calling in. Uh, tell me what you're thinking we could do better in our Christianity. John? Yeah, Barry, I'm actually a, a young Christian, so I think I can... Perfect. Great. ...on that. Um, I think the biggest thing that I see is we need to um, equip our the people in our church... On, and tell them what it means to have a biblical worldview so they can apply their faith to every aspect of their life yeah. and, and go into their communities and their sphere of influence yeah. Yeah, yeah. and show Christ um, through their own life. And I think we have such a big dichotomy between you know, our everyday life and then what we, you know, the way we live at church. And so I think if we can equip um, the people in our church... Yeah. Um, I, I'm with you. I, I'm with you right on that. I, we're we're just about to run out of time, so I'm going to stop you there. But I am going to say, uh, you know, that's that's what we're trying to do here on Jerry Johnson Live also. And our producer said, thanks, that's why we're here. But it's true, in churches, in ministries, we ought to be helping people learn to integrate their Christianity in their entire lives, because we really have lived too long in a bifurcated world, where we're Christians on Sunday, and we're secular through the rest of the week, and that's why we go to we go to the schools, but if we're a Christian, we don't carry our Bible to the school, because that'd be offensive to somebody. They might not respond to it very well, and so uh, I apologize to the callers who are hanging on the line. I wish we could get to you. There's no way we're going to be able to get to you today, but uh, man, well, everybody, you know, who needs an interviewer like, uh, I mean, who needs somebody to interview like Doug Paget when you got these callers and these listeners. So uh, we had great input today. Now, I'm joking about that. We want to get Doug Padgett on the air. and We want to be able to talk to him, and I appreciate what he's doing. But I also want to say, let's not compromise the absolutes of the faith that we have. But at the same time, and let's take our Christianity and make it real in the way we live for Christ in this world. Barry Creamer for Jerry Johnson Live.
You've been listening to Jerry Johnson Live, a Christian worldview radio show. Join Dr. Jerry Johnson, president of Criswell College and Criswell Communications, Monday through Friday at 5 p.m. for an hour of relevant discussion of news and culture from a Christian perspective.